Hello there, I'm Kiel Sterone and Beatmaker, and on this episode of The Monday Mindset, we're going to discuss how to live. No man is an island of itself. Each is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. John Doan. Just as fully functioning persons write the script of their own lives, they also respect the connectedness of all things along the way. They realize that self is only the self in that it has a world, a structure of which it is a part and a part, yet a part. We are a community of persons and a world of things. We are what we are because birds exist, plants grow, bees pollinate, wind blows, tides change, rain falls, and accidents happen. Nothing occurs in the world that is in some way that in some way does not affect us all. Even the most insignificant act we perform will have some effect upon the world. Dr. Leo. We inhabit the world within our own personal universe. The life that we live in our personal universe culminates in actions upon the world. As I've gotten older, I begin to realize how small the world truly is, how vast our personal universes influence upon this world. Each action, word, and decision have consequences, positive and negative, both of which take room within the personal universe and potentially outgrow reaching the entire world. We as fully functioning individuals are mindful of this thought. We understand that just as much as we are a part of this world, we are not. But that doesn't change the influences none the same. For the decisions we make today may not have any impact on tomorrow, but they are not free from the potentiality of influencing the future. Just as we are a community of individual personal universes within the world, we are also organisms. Organisms that shape and determine the health of the world we inhabit and the longevity of our personal universe. There is nothing in this world that does not in some way, shape, or form affect each and every one of us. Each and every one of us affects the currents of humanity, the seasons of faith, the visions of manifestation, the essential reality of our personhood, our journey of self-actualization. We run our unique way over rapids, peaceful ponds, fiercely at times, calmly at others. We will join other streams and rivers along the way, gaining strength, being propelled, or momentarily falling aside in muddy, stagnant pools. But no matter how quickly or slowly or quietly or passionately we move, we all come eventually to the same end in the same sea. We have returned to the source from which we are. We are therefore at one time or another the beginning, the end, as well as the way, but are permanently never any of them. Dr. Leo. I have a verse in a song that goes, I am the past and the future's present. Rivers have no beginnings and no end. They are forever constantly, ever-changing, ever-reforming, ever-adapting. A river can shape the past 
just as much as they can create the future and pave way in the present. For the river only has one value, and that is the moment. A river does not concern itself with time. For a river, there is no time in being in the moment. The moment is the past, present, and the future. As the late Grace Bruce Lee once said, be like water. We are such a singular person, but we are each a universal person as well. Both are equally important. Dr. Leo. You know, we don't think about that, how much of our, you know, despite that we are all individuals, how much of a community we are. And um, what I'll use, I'll use examples is like my apartment building where I live. Everyone in this building is an individual, but we also inhabit a small community because we all live in the same building. And so, you know, everyone will, you know, develop their little tribes and cliques and groups. But, you know, if someone reacts in a manner or does something, it can potentially have an entire effect of everyone in the building. Or even it could change people's perception of you in the building, whether it's rumors or you had an argument with another tenant in the building, um, or you have a reputation of being very loud and obnoxious. Um, those are all things that can affect um, the community. You know, people will start talking bad about you. People will start rumors. You may have had a, a good relationship with someone, but you didn't fully know them and you start hearing things about them in the community of the building, and it may give you a second impression of who they are. Um, but that goes worldwide. I mean, we don't think about how even, I mean, it's hard now with the pandemic because like you want to use examples, but it's like it's we're living in a weird world right now. But, you know, even if you are in a restaurant, for example, back in the day when it was normal, or if you live down south or in the Midwest where, you know, it's it's all hands off now, no masks. Anyways, you if you're in those environments like a, res a restaurant or a community center or something like that, you are you come in there as an individual. Yes, you are still an individual, but you are in a, an individual that's part of a community now. And it may be a community of strangers. And, you know, let's say if you are a at a restaurant and you start creating a commotion, whether maybe you had a few two drinks or you get into an argument with the wait staff and management or you and a friend or a significant other, whatever it may be, your behavior will eventually start taking everyone around them. People who are in the vicinity of you, their evening or their time is now upset or this has this major distraction in it and that can affect everybody's mood um and we have to keep in mind about those things that when we leave the the comfort of our homes and we step outside our door we are part of a community and even if it is a community of strangers we all are a part of community i mean you could be on the highway you know, we're all community of, of, of drivers getting to our destination. But all it takes is that one driver who's super aggressive or texting or not paying attention or 
God forbid they're under the influence or something. And the way that they're behaving, it can cause car accidents. It could cause loss of life. These are all things that we need to kind of keep in mind when we step outside our doors that we're all together. And, you know, we also have to really, really keep in mind is how small the world really is. Like, it's incredible when you think about, you know, I've had, you know, situations or moments in my life where I may have met someone and then years later, I'm like friends with them. You know, it's these weird things that happen or you you could be dating someone and then it turns out that they are friends with someone you went to high school with and they maybe they were a couple of years ago, younger than you. I'm using that as an example of something that's happened in my life. Um, and you realize, wow, this world really is small. But we also have to think about how wide our impact is, despite how small this world is. You know, if you are not paying attention and you're on the highway and you cause a cat a, a cow accident, <laughs> if you cause a cow, a car accident, <laughs> if you cause a car accident, a vehicle accident, that could turn into a pileup. That could turn into, you know, all sorts of horrible things. And then everybody in that small situation, in that car accident, that pileup, they're all affected. They're in a community of, of a life-threatening situation. And we have to keep in mind about that no matter what we do, even in our careers, that we might be working with people that we know, co-workers, but we also are working with people who are complete strangers that we don't know. Whether you're working in a hospital or in corporate setting or in a school. And I know it's harder, it's not really harder, but it's it's weirder now with you know hybrid learning or you know your your job has turned into a hybrid where you go to work on a couple days and then the rest are at home. But even then, you know, your actions and the way you conduct yourself at work, even if you're at home or, or at the, um, the, the office, no matter where you are, you're part of a community of people and you're going to affect them. It's no different than the policies that we, you know, political policies that are made either state or federal. They will affect everybody. It doesn't matter. They will eventually affect the entire country. Maybe not in the same way that it's affecting that one state in particular, but I mean, you know, you look at how most states, whether it's in the Northeast or up North or in the Midwest, South, East, they all, you know, those kind of states, they're a community, but they're also individual states, but they may have a legislative bill that passes that other states may gravitize to and may take something similar and apply it to their state. It's no different than the life choices that we make. The individual life choices that we make, they will affect the community that we are surrounded around, that we are involved with, that we are a part of. And, you know, as Dr. Leo says, you know, we are born provincial, egocentric, limited, the more we become, the more universal the person we are. We finally come to realize that most human conflicts 
arise through provincialism, our concern for our personal problems, our selfish interests, our own conflicts. And you see, like, for me, you know, I learned really early on and I came up with this phrase probably 10, 20 years ago. It's bigger than me. Um, and I try to apply that to a lot of my life decisions, any actions that I make, you know, whether it's at home or when I'm out in the world community, in the personal universe, um, you know, it's bigger than me. So because of that, I'm very, for me, in my own the way I live my life in accordance to the art of living, I really try to be self-aware of everyone else around me in terms of what their desires and needs are, if I know them well enough. Um, and if not, I can only go based on the interactions that I have with them, whether it's digital or, you know, six feet face to face. <laughs> so, you know, we have to think about those things and apply, you know, when you when you have that mentality that it's bigger than you and you try to apply that to your life, you start realizing and you start thinking of yourself as not only an individual, but a community as well. And you start thinking about how all of your actions are a community of actions. And one action may affect five people. Another action may affect a hundred people. Another action may affect one person. But we have to think about that. And that's why for me, when I say, you know, it's bigger than me, every action or decision I try to make, I don't base it off of my ego. I don't base it off of my provincialisms. You know, I don't base it off of my selfish interests or my personal conflicts. I try to be as unbiased as possible in some of my decision makings. But also, I have to stand fir firm on what I believe and what kind of person I want to be moving forward. And that regards to mor my morality and how I conduct myself. And that's why even when, you know, we, we're human, we're going to, there's going to be moments when we, you know, we might do something that's a little bit selfish, but maybe, we, you know, you're approaching it like, um, well, you're approaching it like it's bigger than you. So, it may be something that's a, the way I try to approach it is like, how can it be a win-win for everybody? I think that's a better way of putting it. It's like, how can I get what I need from this, but the other person, the other individual or group of individuals can as well. And when, you, when you're when you thinking it's bigger than you, you're thinking about how, okay, well, this is what I would really like, but how can I figure out a compromise or some form of communication or um, decisions or, you know, a deal where we can work out where everyone benefits. And that's kind of the whole thing with it's bigger than me is that I try to make sure that whatever I do, it doesn't hurt someone um, intentionally. But we also have to remind that sometimes the choices that we make, they may hurt somebody unintentionally. And it could be it could be years from now, a decision that you make, months from now, 30 seconds from now. Um, these are all realities. But even when you're you're thinking that it's bigger than you and you may have made a decision that may 
hurt somebody, you also have to be thinking about why are you making these this decision? You know, is this decision that's going to better you as a person and make you stronger and more self-actualized and, and continue to grow in your journey of living um, a life as a lesson learned in the art of living? Then I would say, hey, things happen. You know, you it's bigger than me, but you can't, you know, as um, as Amy Winehouse said it so perfectly, I can't help you if you can't help yourself. And that's what I, you know, think about when it comes to it's bigger than me is like, I'm going to do the best that I can and be mindful of my decision and choices and make sure that they're not based off of selfish intent or interest. But I can't help you if you are going to perceive or react to my decisions as if they are out of selfish intent or interest. And most often it's not. You know, if you are a a mature, self-actualizing person who is continually to learn and grow, you're going to know. And the reality is you can never truly satisfy everyone. And some people are going to be hurt by your actions no matter what you do. And that's just the reality of the situation. But the best you can do when regards to the essential reality is be aware of that. And if you unintentionally hurt someone or intentionally hurt someone, try your best to be self-aware of the decision that you're making and and be mindful of that. Um, That's really the most important thing because, you know, like I said earlier, I'm I'm aware of my ego because... You have you have to be aware of your ego, and you you know the the self has to be much much bigger than the ego, and we have to th- keep that in mind about when we interact with people all around us. Like, are, do they present their ego first, or do they present their humanity first? And some people they. They're all about their ego. That's what they thrive off of. That's what they live for. And those kind of individuals, you know, I don't I don't want them in my life personally. I do not like those kind of individuals, and I steer very clear from them. And if someone I know eventually shows me their true colors and that's who they truly are, then I'm going to make the necessary decisions for my for my betterment emotionally, physically, spiritually to not have that type of individual in my life. But that's my decision. We all have to make those decisions based on what's best for ourselves and how we want to move forward. You know, and and in the essential reality, egos are they are necessary. Having an ego is important. You know, there are plenty of times where I'll toot my own horn and 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 have fun with my ego, but it's me making fun of myself. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll be looking at myself in the mirror and be like, damn, man, you're looking good today. You, man, that mustache is looking trimmed, fresh, and beautiful. But, you know, in those moments, I don't walk out the door and, I mean, no one can see my mustache anyways, but <laughs> I don't walk out the door thinking that I'm better than anyone. I don't. I walk out the door knowing my value. And that's something that's completely different. Just mind blown right here. Our you have to instead of approaching instead of looking at yourself through your ego, look at yourself through your value. Know the value of yourself, and by knowing the value of yourself, you know the kind of people you want to be surrounded by. 
You know the kind of people you want to be influenced by. You know the kind of people you want to grow with and, and, um, and vice versa. So you have to know your value and know that I'm a, you know, my value is that I need to meet someone who's of the same value of themselves and their, and people around them. I value everybody who's important to me. And I make sure that the value that I have in myself and the way I treat myself is in reflection to the value that I have for them. And that is something that we all have to learn and grow. It's a con- and it's a continuing educational unit of life. Um, and, you know, we're all going to have our moments where, you know, we may slip, you know, and we may start behaving and making decisions based on the ego and not on the value of ourself. And that's okay. But you have to be mindful and self-aware and accept the consequences and, you know, m- learn from it and move forward. You know, as Dr. Leo says, we see the good life as one in which our personal dreams have been realized. It is not our concern if thousands go to bed each night hungry and in despair, as long as they keep out of sight and leave us alone. It doesn't matter to us if the world's children are being battered or not being educated properly. Our children are fully grown and doing well, and we have no responsibility for the others. It is only when we are mobbed by the hungry children or brutalized or terrorized in our home that we realize the connectedness of all things. There is no place to hide. No one is guilty. We are all innocent and an ever-changing stream for which each of us is responsible. We live in an era where the perpetrators are the victims, and the victims are the perpetrators. Where we can carelessly throw away food with the carefree thought of the migrant workers whose blood, sweat, and tears are the necessary nutrients and peace of mind that allow us to live so bloated and full. As we ridicule, harass, and create policies that prevent them from living the so-called American dream. What of the inner and rural cities of America that have been abused, exploited for decades and centuries, and designed for racial, social, and economic inequality, whether the coal and mining or industrial towns and cities, those very same Americans forced into a life of crime, purgatory, or addiction for the price of corrupt racial, political, economic policies in a thriving, corrupt, capitalistic agenda or the indigenous Americans who have endured centuries of systemic genocide of their very being and cultural identity by Anglo-religious beliefs and economic conquest and expansion that continues to this very day. Murder, rape, violence, and forced off their ancestral land through the trails of tears, forced assimilation into reservations designed for crime, purgatory, and addiction. No amount of casinos will ever wash away such stains. How about our American foreign policy, 
we have perfected our policy so well upon the American people, surely it will work for the rest of the world. For what is the American dream if not monetized worldwide? Whether it be bombs in the sky, bullets overhead, Big Macs in our laps, AAA games, iPhone upgrades, or blockbuster movies. And when the smoke clears and the screams die down, the players and the money shuffles around, all that's left are radical ideologies, broken families, and countries. I ask you this, who is truly living the American dream? It is a fantasy to believe that peace comes without all of us moving together with a stream of unity, joy, wonder, and love. An English poet, Francis Thompson, once wrote that he could not pick a flower without troubling a star. Dr. Leo. We are all stars to the sun, a blooming flower of personhood and self-actualization. But we must lead by example in living our hero's journey. Show those within our personal universe the strength and beauty in the art of living. Show them how a self-motivated student lives as a lesson learned. Such inspiration and example can motivate a dying flower of the false self to absorb the nutrients and vitamins of light to break free from the weeds of cognitive distractions. If we can spread such a mentality and way of life among our personal universe, we have the strength and capability to affect the world. But at first, it starts with ourselves. We must search for and uncover the value and strength in yourself before you can inspire others to do so themselves. For such a wildfire begins in I before it can spread to we. Each and every one of us is a leader ready to be actualized. We can all be warriors of light. We must first accept our hero's journey. We must be willing to accept and flow with whatever path, path the river of our life may design. As we merge with cr and cross paths with fellow rivers and streams, we must be driven to share the beauty and wonder of a life lived as a lesson learned, to collaborate and contrast our journeys. For each river we taste, a little bit stays with us. Each sip or gulp will affect the course of a river's path. <clears throat> Ooh, that was a mouthful, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. <clears throat> In some way, however small or secret, we are all dependent upon one another. Fully functioning persons recognize this power and know that it stems from the source which is able to create light or produce darkness. A word, an act, an expression, feeling can reverberate in wide circles in the pond. Touching unsuspected travelers, our mood at the start of the day can affect all of those with whom we all come into contact. The river runs its course. We cannot escape moving together and affecting whatever we encounter. 
The collective actualization of the trip is put into jeopardy by even one person's non-being, Dr. Leo. He who enters the sphere of faith, the state of being ultimately concerned, enters the sanctuary of life, Paul Tilch. Perhaps the purpose of life is to be forward. The purpose of life is to forward it by being something, having it make a difference that our unique selves were present. The existentialists say to be is to do. Fully functioning persons realize that it is the productive act itself in which the powerful significance of being individual is present, Dr. Leo. We must all find our personal legend, as stated in the book, The Alchemist. We all have a purpose and a vision and an identity. Whether through faith, destiny, or chance, we must all inspire to be what our instincts and personality believe by seeking out the creation of our personhood. And by this action, to be is to do and you are fulfilling the prime directive. Fully functioning individuals understand the impact of having found and fulfilled your personal legend. It provides self-fulfillment and nourishment because we are living the essential reality of our personal legend. And with such a beautiful bloom of our flower, it will need equal light in a warrior's instincts, strength, and intelligent fortitude, all of which has been taught and memorized through the life lessons learned in the mastery of the art of living. We are all involved in any type of progressive evolution. It is only through us, through our uniqueness and production that we, humanity, can become involved in the ethics of growth. The basis of this is the belief in action. Dr. Leo. See, you have to, you have to find, you got to find your individuality. You got to find your personality. You got to find who you are before you can make any real impact on the community in your personal universe. You have to find out who you are and that's trial by fire, you know, and by finding your individuality, you're be, you are finding the kind of who you are meant to be in this world. By finding your individuality, your personality, you're finding the kind of people who you want to be surrounded by. It's like um you you begin to like um almost like subconsciously manifest those type of individuals around you or situations, opportunities, events that help grow that individuality and Help you really find it, and and it's and it's in a it's an ever changing tuning of the instrument of life, your pers your personality and individuality, and that's the only way that you will be able to make any form of impact, make any action, be a part of humanity by having your individuality and personality. And you know, it's like you know, you look at um, look at coral. You know, look at polyps. They're all individual, you know, but it is a giant organism. But polyps are all individuals. 
and you know we're all polyps so to say and you know when we are in our personal universe or when we step out into the community we are part of the of the reef and all the you know nature and work and responsibilities and bills all of that stuff are the fishes and the crabs and the sharks that navigate the corals and we're the coral and and you know sometimes when people you know mess with us or hurt us or we feel like lashing out we take out our intestines and we take our stomach out and we digest them look it up that's literally how corals fight it's pretty crazy that they just throw out their their stomach and they just like it's crazy it's it's wild sorry i love nature documentaries but what i'm trying to say is that we have to find our individuality because th that's the only way for us to be better than yesterday you have to grow inch by inch like a flower. And individuality is a flower. Your individuality is a flower. And it grows inch by inch. And, you know, you know whether you're, you're caught in the weeds or in bad, poor soil, whatever the case may be, you have to keep on being better than you were yesterday. And even like I said, inch by inch. I mean, you know, when I started doing my my kettlebell um, workout routine, like I ended up having to stop for an entire month because I literally pulled the hamstrings in both of my legs. Um, and it was one, I was literally trying to do, a, you know, a 20 minute kettlebell workout routine followed by 30 minutes of power yoga. And I over... I, pushed myself way too hard and I overworked myself and I ended up hurting myself. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is like, even, even there, if you're trying to eat right, if you're trying to lose weight, get in better shape, that's also part of you finding your individuality. Maybe the individuality, maybe the individual within you is, is covered in like me and, and stretch marks and some fat here and there. And, you know, I'm trying to work through that, overcome that individuality because that individual was never necessarily me. It was more of my false self, my false self that was, you know, eating a lot because I was bored or just eating because I like to eat. And I felt really insecure and sad and, and lonely. Um, and all of those things, like they can prevent you any of us from becoming our individuals, you know, whether it's peer pressure from friends, family, society, our cultural upbringing, whatever it can be, we all have to find our way through those weeds and, and find the light, the light of ourselves. And it's not easy. I'm not saying that any of this is easy. It surely is not. It's hard. And like I'm always saying, it's a, a, a life lesson that's learned constantly. The continual, the continual, continuous education units of life. And, you know, the and all of that, you know, those continuing educational units of life are part of growth. It is part of you finding your individuality. And and that's you are living your life in action. By finding your individual individual <laughs> and finding your growth of your self-actualized self. Let me slow down a little bit. 
you are getting better and better each day. And you're living your life in action. And what I mean by that you're living in life in action is if you're trying to be better than you were yesterday, if that's working out, eating right, being more mindful, being kinder to people, whatever it is that you're struggling on, it's going to take time. It's going to take repetition. And over a while, it will become muscle memory. And then it makes it easier for you to become part of the community. And it, you know, it allows your individuality to be soaked into the community. To, you know, you're you're giving and you're taking at the same time. You're giving a part of your individuality, but you're taking someone else's individuality. But it's all within a positive, uplifting time. And sometimes, let's be real, it might be negative. It might be a bad experience. But you have to do the best that you can to learn from it. And I'm not saying every situation. You know, I know that there are horrible situations that people experience every day and and I'm not saying that some of the things I'm saying, it may not work for those situations. I understand that. And I want to emphasize that I am aware of that. But I also know that for we have to figure out whatever we can do to overcome whatever we're going through, to find our individuality, to continue our evolutionary growth, because that creates unity. When other people see you trying to be better than you were yesterday, it may motivate them to be better than they were yesterday, or it may motivate them to hate you even more or dislike you even more because they see the potential of what you're doing and they don't believe in themselves of the potential, of the potential that they have. And so they take it, take it out on you. They lash it out on themselves. We've all been there. We've all met people like that. We've all dated people like that. We've all had, we all have friends and family members like that. We, we know, self-actualized people know this. And, and we take it for what it is. That's who they are. It has nothing to do with who we are as an individual. It has nothing to do with our journey. That's something that they're going to have to work on and struggle with for the rest of their life. And that's their choice. Because as Dr. Leo says, too many of us see ourselves as useless or worthless, certainly without the ability to offer anything to the world. We select to be followers rather than leaders. We become conformists rather than have the courage to be ourselves and to create newness through the expression of those selves. And, you know, look, we live in, in and I probably have talked about this so many times, but I mean, it's the reality, it's the essential reality that we're stuck with right now. And there is no appreciation in being an individual. There is no appreciation in being yourself. And, and even if, when there is in those communities out there, whether it's social, it doesn't matter what the community is. There are people, even within those communities, who will not appreciate you for being, for being yourself because you're being too much of yourself. And you're not being the community. You're not being like everyone else. You're not dressing like everyone else. You're not thinking like everyone else. And that's a problem. We have to learn how to be comfortable with being ourselves, of thinking the way we think before we go and start thinking like other people. Because we all see what happens when people start thinking like other people and they just fall into that tribal mentality. Harassment, bullying, 
you know, you name it. <laughs> Wars. <laughs> Literally, you can you can name it. And and that's what happens when when people are bullied into not believing in themselves or or having their own individuality or having their own thoughts. And it's not fair to those of us who want to who want to be individuals who want to be ourselves, but we're scared to because we're scared of being harassed or bullied by our friends, family, or strangers online or in on streets, in person, whatever it may be. It's, you know, it's disappointing because we, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because we even have leaders in power who don't even who don't even believe in themselves. They don't even believe in themselves. All they believe in is the party or the the ideology that the party stands for. Or, or better yet, they are they they don't even really support the party or the the political movement, but it's where their best interests or their where the most of the the most where they can gain more benefits or their career could skyrocket whatever it is. We have people like that. And it's unfortunate. And it's even more unfortunate for the few people out there who really stay true to themselves, who believe in themselves, and they're ostracized, they're harassed, they're bullied, they're not given the opportunity to speak their mind, to say what they feel, because they're not conforming with what everyone else wants, what the tribe wants. Excuse me. And, you know, I'm, it, you're, we're seeing too much of that, especially in America. It, 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 being yourself in America, it, unless it can be monetized or part of a tribe or if it can be, you know, an ad revenue or some kind of form of influence, it's frowned upon. And, you know, and I'm like, fine, I'd, I would rather be an individual be myself, be confident in myself, know the value in myself. And if that means that I can be part of the, the tribes and whatnot, fine. But at least I can keep my head held high and know that I'm staying true to myself. I don't have to feel guilty about myself. I don't have to feel un, unsure or insecure about myself because at least I know I'm being who I'm meant to be. And I... And, and I support other people having the freedom to be themselves. And that's what we need in leaders. We can all be leaders instead of being conformists because it's so frustrating how we are so quick to conform to, to these groups or in our relationships, whatever it can be, at the expense of our personhood, at the expense of our humanity of our freedom of individuality. Oh, excuse me, I apologize for that for, for the F word. <laughs> for our own freedom of speech. <laughs> I'm trying hard not to swear. Um, and it's just frustrating to me. It is absolutely frustrating to me. And it's not even fair. And it's not going to get any better. It's a little stuffy in here. It's not going to get any better for any of us. Because if we do not support and motivate other people to be themselves, to be individuals, to find out their their personal legend, their essential reality, their true selves, we're not going to have any leaders anymore. And how many of us have 
given up our hopes, our dreams, our hobbies, our interests because of a relationship, because someone we really want to be with, but they they want us to be the ide- this version of us that's not us. They want that person and that person. They want you to become their per- the person that they want to be with. They like you, but they know that you can be this person instead. And in my and whether it's family, friends, relationships, whatever, if they want that person, then go find that person. And if you can't find that person, well, maybe you need to start taking a look inside yourself. And 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 that's the reality of the situation. Because, you know, believing in individuality, it creates unity. You know, expressing your true self is leadership qualities. You're not hiding. You're not, you're not BSing your way through things. You're not joining part of the clique to get what you want to get ahead. And, you know, it's even more to the case that, like, I appreciate and I respect someone more for speaking their mind and being true to themselves. Even if I don't agree with it, even if it's negative, even if it's hateful or whatnot, at least they're being honest. At least they're showing you their true self. And you know what kind of person they are. So you know whether to avoid them, whether to embrace them, whatever it can be. And we don't have enough of that. We don't have enough leaders in the politics Social media, entertainment, you name it. We don't have enough leaders that promote individuality. And as as Dr. Leo puts it, you know, the, the tragedy in the lives of most of us is that we are so isolated, so far from awareness of pain, that when we are given statistics concerning the hunger, crime, the useless, the un, the useless loss of potential. It is easy for us to remain disattached or even deny the facts of our conscious minds. And think about that. That even coincides with with not being able to have your individuality. Because we don't even we don't even think about, we don't even appreciate, not not appreciate, we don't even really acknowledge or condemn the loss of potential life. Whether it's in this country or other countries. We are, you know, we are so used to seeing violence and death on our social media, Twitter, and our movies that, you know, we it doesn't bother us anymore. I mean, I I I'm still trying to understand why we like whether it's in music or films, we romanticize crime violence. Like inner city violence in our own cities, in our own country. We romanticize that. We make crazy shows about it. You know, I was I was thinking about I'm thinking about this show on FX called Snowfall. And it's about this young, you know, young black kid who turns into this, you know, crazy dope dealer. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, and I'll see people like tweeting about it, like, yo, this show is crazy, like, oh my God, you know, all this kind of nonsense. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why are we still making shows about that? Why? We literally have people in this country who are literally living that life. We, we will film movies, shows, 
music videos and literally towns and cities where the crime rate and the murder rate is high. Think about that. I mean, and, 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 and you wonder why people do not care about gang violence. Or, oh my God, a, a, a young kid was, was, was hit by a stray bullet in a shootout. Oh Lord, I can't believe that happened. Well, let's see what else is going on on Twitter. That's literally how we are. And it's, it's, it's really sad and it's disappointing. It's no different than our, you know, we, just this whole obsession of romanticizing death and, and making us so disattached to it. If you can't hear that, Pablo's having a dream right now. Okay. Um, if you heard him, he's whimpering in the back and barking. <laughs> but like this obsession of how we fantasize. Vi I mean, look at South Park did a, an amazing um, joke about it. They did an amazing episode about our obsession with murder crimes like shows like those docu-series you know netflix you know puts out at least one serial killer documentary a month you know just to keep the everyone happy <laughs> but even that kind of stuff like you know yes it's is it interesting to learn about all this stuff yes but at the same time we romanticize it we love it we make TV shows and movies about serial killers. <laughs> and, and I don't understand that. I'll, I'll never understand why we appreciate that so much. You know, especially, I mean, think about I, school shootings. You know, I used to work in a school setting. I used to be a paraprofessional. You know, there are times where I had to, you know, we've had, you know, school shooting drills you know, things like that. And I worked with um, children who were disabled, who were in wheelchairs. And I had to think about, well, if a kid came into the school and started shooting up, how do I get this child out of here? How do I protect them from potentially getting shot? And that might mean me having to cover them and sacrificing myself. But, you know, I bring up the school shootings because... <laughs> If you look at this pandemic right now, think about this right now. Think about this. If you live in America, think about it. There hasn't been a single school shooting this entire pandemic. Think about that. Before the pandemic, how many school shootings were there happening a week? From hand from a one hand one handgun to AR-15s. Think about it. How many school shootings were there happening? How many just shootings like that before the pandemic? Now, none. None. There has been no school shootings because all the schools are closed. Hybrid learning. They can't even have as many kids in the classroom. So, you know, I bring that up because, you know, when... Before the pandemic, we were having school shootings daily, weekly. And it got to the point where, oh, another school shooting. This is horrible. We got to do something about it. We need gun laws. We need we need gun rights. You know, ooh, 
a new Avengers trailer is coming out? All right, let me get on that. Think about that. Like, we... Literally, there have been times where, you know, when I, before the pandemic, oh, another school shooting. All right. I'd find out about it. We'd, we'd be in the teacher, like, hey, did you hear about the school shooting down in, in that school in the South or whatever? Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. All right, time back to get back to class. Like, think about that kind of stuff. We, you know, it's it's crazy to me, you know, and, and I brought up South Park because they, they made a joke about how, like, parents would, would be having, they'd be having sex during the the tv shows where it's like you know lovers quarrel and it's like you know jonathan found out that his wife was having an affair and little by little he poisoned his wife over the course of six months what happened you know you know all that kind of crazy nonsense that that those kind of shows um i mean tlc is like the 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 creme de la creme if you want some of those kind of shows (laughs) But, you know, I, I bring all that up because it's it's sad how we're so disattached and desensitized to the level of violence that we are seeing daily in our world. And at the same time, we are so disattached and desensitized to people's individualities. And they're one and the same. And, and, and that's what's so upsetting and, and heartbreaking about all these, you know, innocent lives that have died, whether it's gun violence here, whatever it can be, in other countries, we we have become so desensitized to it, or we even congratulate it, and and we get excited for it, and it's sad, you know. I, I and and don't get me wrong, I love action films, I love martial art films. <laughs> The more violent, the better. <laughs> but I also know that, like, when I'm watching, you know, Titans or, um, you know, The Old Guard or any kind of action movie or sci-fi stuff, you know, I I know that we all make films that are, you know, are TV shows that are based on reality. And I, and I understand that. And I'm aware, well aware of that. And I enjoy that. I love time period shows. You know, I, I was a big fan of, of Peaky Blinders, all sorts of different stuff. I loved um, Sons of Anarchy back in the day. So I'm aware of all of that stuff. But, you know, I'm also, you know, I, I'm aware of those shows where when they address those cultural issues of violence and stuff like that in gangs, I appreciate it more when there's a level of, of a bit of education to it. Um where it's not necessarily romanticized, but like acknowledging the reality of the situation. You know, Narcos is a great example of a show that, you know, I watched for a time being, but it got a little, it got to, there was one episode was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, and, and, and it's because, you know, you look at Narcos, you look at a show like that, that's based on real stuff, based on things that actually happened. Um, and so I appreciate it when there's a level of education to it, or even when there's enter- entertainment to it. I am I enjoy entertaining mindless action films. I love Jackie Chan films. You know Tony Jaa. You know I, all of those actors. I'm a big fan of. You know, so I appreciate all of those action films. I love John Wick, but I'm also know I also know how to. to to acknowledge my thrills of action films and stuff like that, but also not try to condone that in reality. You know, I, I don't want 
I don't condone that kind of stuff just because I liked, you know, Sons of Anarchy does not mean that I condone gun running, murder, pillaging, exploit. I don't condone any of that stuff. I don't. But I really don't like it when they kind of romanticize it. But when they make you show that these aren't good people and this is the reality of the situation, I can appreciate it and I can understand it. Um, and I think if we would be more at a level of education to some of those kind of shows that we like, or not even that, just like, you know, why are we so obsessed with these murder shows? Why are we so obsessed with like these serial killer shows? Why are we so obsessed with that level of, of violence and, and excited about it? it? It's a little weird to me. It's a little uncomfortable to me. You know, I, you know, like I was saying, you know, I like action movies. I like those kind of violent stuff. I was a big fan of Game of Thrones, but let's not talk about season six, seven, and eight. <laughs> but all I'm trying to say is that we, especially during this pandemic, we do not take value life as much. I mean... You know, we've had people, you know, who have died from this virus, who have died from this pandemic or have experienced people who have lost life from the pandemic. And it's getting to the point where even now we have become desensitized to it. We really have. Um, it, 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 it can be, you know, oh, well, this person, I don't believe in wearing a mask and this and that. And then maybe, you know, they, they get the virus and they happen to die. And then we're cheering that on. You know, we're, oh, good. That's what you get. Man, I was, at the beginning of the pandemic, even I was like that. And I realized that's not, that's not good. You're enabling and you're allowing that type of behavior and harassment. And and I I know that, you know, because of this, we, we, we don't, you know, oh, just 1,600 people may have died this month from the virus. This is terrible. This is horrible. But we've become so desensitized because we're there are so many Americans who are literally who are just desensitized to their own situation in their life, no matter how dire it could be. They're desensitized to it because there's no more emotional output to give. A lot of so much of it has been taken from the politics, the entertainment, uh, uh, relationships, society, you name it. And it, it all accumulates into just us being just so desensitized to everything in our life. Apologies. I had to take care of Pablo. He was, um, started having the sniffles. And if you heard it, he sounded like he was choking. But it's, it's like a reverse sneeze. Or cough? I'm not sure precisely, but I apologize. I had to stop for a second to take care of my little guy. Excuse me. Have a little sip. Um, but like I was saying is like, we do not value any of... We just don't care about it because we're so desensitized to ourselves that we. it's hard to feel any sort of sympathy for anyone else in the world. And even if we do, it's, you know, it's more, it's 
it's even amplified because we may see what they're going through at the exact same situation as ourselves. And we're more just angry. We're not even, we don't, we don't really feel that. I don't know. It's just crazy to me because we just, you know, they are literally like, it's just crazy to me, man. It's just, it's just crazy to me how desensitized we are to our own lives and to what's currently going on in our own country. And it's even worse when our leaders are even more desensitized to out to the citizens, to the people who put them in power, who voted for them. And, you know, I don't know how we're ever going to gain that back, you know, when this pandemic ends. I don't know how we're going to become more sensitive to each other. And, you know, I think we have... But at the same time, we have been during this um, pandemic. Because the reality is, is that, like, we're not sensitive to the fact that other people may have people in their lives who who have pre, um, pre-existing medical conditions. You know, we, we will... You know, I saw a video. This was... This, you, you, you're, you're, when I describe this, you'd be like, wait, you sure this was happening in the United States? I'm like, yeah, it was. It was in Ohio. At the Capitol in Ohio, there was a trash bin and all these, you know, American citizens and their children were throwing the masks into the into the garbage bin because Ohio lifted the the mask mandates. And I'm, I'm bringing that up because that right there, look how young these kids are being groomed to be desensitized to everyone else around them. All that matters is the is the ideology the tribe and that's what you're seeing you where where they're teaching their kids to to I don't even know what they're teaching their kids hate hate hate, hate other people I don't know and that's what's scary is these these examples throughout the country throughout the world of of these whether it's policies or social movements of just desensitizing ourselves, you know, it's it's scary to me. Or even like, you know, these I've seen these TikTok videos of of you know women talking about how they abuse their boyfriends and this and that, all this kind of crazy stuff. And like I'm over here thinking like, you just smack that man in the head because he turned over in the bed? Like that's abusive behavior. But we're be- we're becoming desensitized to that or we laugh at it or we think it's funny. <laughs> We think that kind of behavior towards one another is funny. And I mean, and that's what I mean by being desensitized to it. You know, you can have humor and and laugh at something, even if it's something that should not be laughed at. You can laugh at it. That might mean you're, you know, oh, (laughs) I don't know. You know, there's plenty of humor out there that I, you know, I love any kind of humor from Brian Regan to Bill Burr, you know, I love the range, but, you know, after a while, especially when it's just this, this level of violence or behavior that we have towards each other, it's desensitizing us to our individualities. And that to me is scary. It's even more scary when we will detach ourselves from the facts to satisfy ourselves. 
We will deny the truth or lie to ourselves in the hope of manifesting such denies and lies. And I'm not even going to get into that because anyone who's listening, you are fully aware that that is the current state of the world, particularly the United States. I don't need to say much more on that. But, you know, this is what's scary about this world and the, the manifesting of these lies and denial and, and, and the disregarding of the truth. Because, you know, as Dr. Leo puts it, each act makes us manifest. It is what we do rather than what we feel or say we do that reflects who and what we truly are. Each of our acts makes a statement as to our purpose. I always say, wait until they show you their true colors. That is when you will know who they truly are. That is when you will know what type of life they wish to manifest. And if that is a river you truly wish to ingest from, for every action we make is a manifestation of our personhood that will reflect and inflict upon ourselves and our personal universe and the world. These manifestations can have ripple effects that spread toward family, friends, co-workers, and the world. We as conscious beings have to realize how powerful our ability to manifest is, whether through positive or negative emotions, thoughts, or feelings. It all comes down to our actions in the moment that determine the past, present, and future of our hero's journey. We as fully functioning individuals understand this power very well and are always mindful and careful to visualize our intent within the essential reality, to practice mindful, mindful manifestation of our actions and deeds, for they are a representation and a reflection of our identity and individual and individuality of our essential reality. <laughs> we understand and take comfort in knowing that this is a continuous life lesson. See, fully functioning people are eager to communicate. Perhaps the most difficult yet vital essential aspect of living as a fully functioning human among other human beings is the ability to communicate, Dr. Leo. We have lost the ability to communicate. With the creation of social media apps and this pandemic, we have lost the ability to communicate. And most important act of communication is to listen. We don't know how to listen anymore. We only listen most of the time to hear ourselves speak. We don't take comfort in listening to each other's vulnerabilities, thoughts, or perspectives. We don't see the value anymore, or have we ever, in listening to what we can learn about ourselves by listening to what we have learned about others. Fully functioning individuals understand how valuable, strong, clear, and mature communication is for our self-actualization and for the individuals who inhabit our personal universe. It provides all of those within our personal universe the ability to clearly understand our intentions, needs, desires, and goals. 
Fully functioning individuals know full well the consequences of poor, immature, and manipulative communication. Fully functioning individuals know the pain, suffering, and resentment that comes with the lack of proper communication. For the pain we have experienced in those lessons learned is a motivating factor in us using the best of our abilities in communication and using those same abilities when listening, all the while continuously improving on our strengths and improving communication and all the while continuously improving our strengths and improving communication and listening skills. No one can know us unless we are willing and able to tell them through our actions, as well as our words, who we are. We must be constantly engaged in verbalizing through language, gesture, or action, our ever-changing selves. Loneliness and misunderstanding arises from our inability to present ourselves honestly and authentically in each new encounter. Dr. Leo continues, an interesting illustration of this occurred in a love class I was facilitating. During a particular session, a dog entered the room. He unhesitantly approached the group, wagging his tail in the joy of having discovered so much potential for love. His need was, as expected, satisfied by each student he approached. As he received the caress he desired, still wagging his tail and flashing his trusting eyes, he moved on to the next person. The class proceeded without interruption, when suddenly a young lady shouted from the rear of the group, Damn! This outburst succeeded in giving her the undivided attention she required. She added, I can't believe it. I've been sitting here in desperate loneliness, wanting someone to see or touch me, but it hasn't happened. Every one of you has been indifferent to my needs. I could die here of loneliness. A dog comes in and immediately the whole group shares its love and caresses. That's incredible. Well, responded a young man not too far away. Perhaps we did not because the dog let us know that he is lovable. He wagged his tail and came to us with inviting eyes. I saw you sitting there when I first came into the room. My perception of you was someone cool, collected, and self-centered. He didn't seem to require anything. You, she, you didn't seem to require anything, least of all for me to touch you. Maybe the secret lies in letting people know honestly what you need before you accuse them of being indifferent. After all, we're not mind readers. Well then, hear me, she said. I do need. And as she stated this, she got on all fours, dog fashioned, and with trusting eyes, in a valiant attempt at wagging her tail, she passed to the group. Needless to say, she was petted by everyone. Dr. Leo. Words can also be traps. We must be certain that when we are communicating, we know precisely what we want to express. 
Vagueness leads only to fear and insecurity. Fully functioning persons are aware of the pitfalls of communication and therefore do not take it casually. They listen to the words they speak and those spoken to them. They attempt to find the most exact and ill-threatening words for communicating themselves. They strive to put these words into the most subsistent context so that they can be assured of as little misunderstanding as possible. We all have the right to make our statement heard and understood, but unless we are content to talk to ourselves, we will only know who we are and always will only know who we are when we are able to say what we mean. Dr. Leo. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Monday Mindset. To learn more about myself and how you can support The Monday Mindset, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. That's Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on social media. On Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S-R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, follow me at Ronin Art underscore music. And if you prefer to email, hit me up at themondaymindset09 at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review as this will help the podcast and me grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love.